Jean. Welcome to back. Hi, Becky. It's good to be back with you. <laughs> yes, we took a little break from the Love and Lead podcast. We're back today. How how were your holidays and how is January for you? Um, I would say the holidays were like they always are, a mixture of family and busy and fun and all those things. But I am always happy when January comes around. How about you? Yes, yes. It was wonderful. We had some change in our family, the way we celebrate Christmas. Um, typically, we've been going out of town um, other than, of course, last year with COVID. Um, but with my daughter engaged now, we are changing our family traditions once again with a new season. So we were in Des Moines. And I found even the second year now of being here, just the, the like, oh, yeah, this is feeling right. Um, the new way of celebrating that doesn't feel so I think you get nervous at first when you change those family traditions Mm -hmm. and then you quickly find that, oh yeah, like we're looking forward to this. What we did last year, we get to do again, the same little things are becoming traditions. So that was fun. And then we took a a family trip after Christmas, more like like a new year's trip. Um, So maybe that will be a new tradition. I don't know, but it was fun to get to see family we hadn't seen in a long time. And I, uh, I love what you said that you're making new family traditions. Like we don't have to get stuck in doing the same thing if it wasn't working for us in the past or if it caused too much stress or if there's a reason to change, we can just change our traditions. I love that. Yes. And I think I noticed, like I said, the first year you could, and, and it was COVID, you know, but you could almost feel robbed, so to speak. Um, or, oh no, it's not going to be Christmas. <laughs> but it is quite kind of funny how by the second year, how it almost felt natural and normal that quickly for us. So I think I even learned from that, that it's like something might feel really intensely, but you'd be surprised how quickly then it's like, oh yeah, this is fun. Oh, that's really good. It's really good. One of the reasons I think I particularly am happy that it's January, I don't know about you, but I was in kind of a rut um, for a couple months. I think it started around, oh, probably around November, the beginning of the uh, holiday season, so to speak, I just got into this, I don't want to rut. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even, even good things or yeah. less good things. I found myself when my husband asked me if I wanted to run errands with him one day and I said, no, I don't want to. And that didn't take anything of it. But then he asked me if I wanted to start like planning our next vacation with him. I thought, no, I don't want to. There was something mm. else that I normally love. And I thought, mm-hmm. no, I, I don't want to. <laughs> mm. So realizing I was in a rut and I didn't really feel the luxury to do anything about it until after the holidays. And now it is. And I just 
feel so much better. I got out of that rut. So I'm so excited that our topic today is kind of self-care. You know, we hear so much about that, but kind of more under the umbrella of God's care for us. And so I feel like a couple of things that we might share today during this podcast are things that I actually have just recently lived through. Oh, that sounds so good. Yes. And I think, like you said, we had been really intentional, even as we talked about, we knew, I mean, January can feel like a rut. Let's be honest. (laughs) You can, you, you, I think most of us are like, oh, we're excited about a new year, a new beginning, new possibilities. And it, you have the letdown, right? And family and holidays. You, you're realizing how much you ate in the holidays, possibly, and what you need to face, or how much you spent, or or if the decorations aren't put away yet. <laughs> and it's like cold and dark in right. Iowa anyway. And you've got all the natural things. And Jean, we've been so sick. I feel like so many people have had, you know, flu or COVID. I mean, January can just feel like a rut. Oh, exactly. There's just, besides the, you know, we start the year with the best of intentions, or maybe your family does um, some kind of New Year's resolutions that always fade within the first couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to... um, initiate anything. It's like motivate, getting motivated. It's hard to get the motivation to even be motivated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I honestly, that rut, I was saying, I didn't even feel like myself. I'm normally such a voracious reader. Like it's nothing to me to read over a dozen books in a year. And I just wasn't reading. I just wasn't myself. It's like, I've been waiting for the pandemic to get over, I think, Mm. and letting Mm. it just suck the life out of me in so many ways. I think that's how I got into my, I don't want to rut, Mm. but God is just so good in his care for us that I was just, you know, doing one of my little help me God prayers that I could still do. Mm -hmm. And he gave me just enough motivation to it's so funny that I noticed a book that had been sitting on my table for six months Mm. (laughs) all I did was notice it and I I know it was sitting there because I remember when I bought it but I never touched Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and I saw it and I picked it up and I actually even opened the front cover and as soon as I did I was I started getting so excited and it wasn't that the book I mean, it is great, Um, but it was just the act of doing something of it didn't matter that I didn't want to. I just did something because I'm reminded of, do you know that verse? I think it's in Ephesians that says we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. (laughs) Yep. Ephesians 2.10. Yeah. I think I've always thought about that verse about the good works because I love to help people. I love to serve people. But I was really um, struck by the word to do good things was kind of highlighted. And so I thought, okay, I am going to do this. I'm going to read this book. 
-hmm. And I was so happy I did. It was the thing that got me out of my rut, kind of helped me start um, doing things and thinking things instead of just in some weird way, waiting for life to be normal again. Mm. Yeah. I love how you said um, you did your help me Jesus prayer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think we all have our version of that. And when that's like, you know, that's all, all you have, but like how he helped you was like, you noticed something like nothing right. really changed but your eyes did see something that caught yeah. your attention. Yeah. And it reminded me how much I loved reading, but that still wasn't quite enough to make me do it. I feel like the Holy Spirit needed to give me a nudge to actually yeah. do Pick this. Remember that verse. It's to do good things. Yeah. Even if yeah. we don't want to. Again, remember that parable about Jesus, the parable Jesus told about mm -hmm. the two sons. The father said, go out and work. And the son said, I don't want to. And then he ended up doing it. And I thought, mm. oh my goodness, I've been saying I don't want to for a very mm. long time. And I have not been doing it, <laughs> whatever it is. Sure, I hear you. So it's like, like not waiting for the motivation, but letting mm -hmm. your action create the motivation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I love that this book that God kind of helped me notice um, I can't remember the author's name, but the book is renovated. Maybe you've read it. It's kind of an interview about Dallas Willard. Yep. Um, but anyway, in it, he puts forth this idea of thinking with God instead of about God. Oh, what is that phrase? What is what's first thing comes to your mind, Becky, when you hear that think with God instead of about him? Mm. Well, it changes like how the relationship even feels. So like if I'm thinking about God, I mean, you're just thinking about him, like it's removed. Mm -hmm. um, it's more about facts or believe what you might say you believe a belief structure. But when you say like, think with God, like instantly you feel like, oh, like God first, God's with me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, um, and that invitation to that he wants to be, I guess, engaged in our lives and mm. us to be able to interact with him as we, like you said, do the works that we're given to do. Yeah. I just love the, the invitation that is kind of intrinsic in that idea of thinking with God. Mm -hmm. It's an automatic invitation. Mm -hmm. So I, I tried it. I started doing it because as I've kind of shared before, I, I tend to be more of a worrier. Uh, that's the thing that God is always trying to encourage me to trust more and worry less so with this idea of thinking with God, as I pick up some of my, my usual worries, kids or grandkids or whatever it is, I decided mm -hmm. to try this thinking with God and yeah. I turned it into, God, can you give me your perspective about mm -hmm. this situation? Can you help mm -hmm. me 
see the bigger picture that you see in this situation. And I tell you, it, it wasn't anything concrete. Like I didn't get any facts about it, but I had a such a sense of how big he is and how able he is and how much he wants to take care of those situations. Like take the, take them from me. He's the only one who can carry that burden mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what it, that was kind of the result of my first try of thinking with him. Wow. Well, and what I hear right there is, that, again, an invitation that like, you don't, you, like you said, there's a God part and there's a me part in life. And so when, when he wants to think with us or we think with him, it creates that space for him to say, okay, I got that part. Like, yeah. You don't have to do that part, Gene, you know, yeah. like, and that sense of peace can come in and, and settle us down. Mm-hmm. Because I love that, um, the idea of being with God, thinking with him instead of just the facts about him. I mean, I've talked to, as a pastor, I've talked to so many people who, when they think about God, their first thought is that he's angry with them or they could never measure up or those very negative things. Mm -hmm. um, so thinking about him is not comforting to so many people. But when I, when I consider thinking with him, it's like getting his perspective, his thoughts, his feelings about people and situations and creation and our kids, especially. Mm -hmm. And it just helps. Well, the point of being a Christian is to become more like Christ, to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the more we think with him, the more our thoughts mm -hmm. are formed like him. Our desires are become, can become his desires. I mean, they can be the same thing. Mm -hmm. So thinking about him and thinking about self-care under his umbrella, it just makes sense. I love how the, the puzzle fits to make a complete picture. If we're as um, parents or just as people feeling stressed or feeling that anxiety or unhappy or lonely or any of the more negative emotions that humans go through. And we can learn to think with God. He can invite us to spend that time with him. I imagine that he would be also inviting us in his thoughts and his right way of life. Remember he said, I'm the way, the truth mm -hmm. and the life. As we become mm -hmm. aware of his way, mm -hmm. our lives will become more enjoyable. It might be well, easier for us to take care of ourselves, starting with right. his care of us. <laughs> well, it's so interesting, like as we talk about this. So for me this month, um, we had been, um, I just had some very specific areas that I was praying over and even fasting, um, just wanting, I think what you're describing, wanting to think with God mm. on these things. And he gave me 
a verse that I hadn't read in a long time, but the Holy Spirit brought back to memory, casting all your cares on the Lord for mm -hmm. he cares for you. That's in second Peter five, seven. And you know, that was probably the, the loudest thing he has really said to me through all my praying with him on these situations. I believe he's still guiding me. However, like, I think part of this is even listening uh, to what's, to that. Like, that's what my heart needed to know. That's what my mind needed to know. Like, that he is caring for me through this and that has anchored me in the doing that I've had to do that month this month does that make sense at yeah all? yeah it does so I think part of my self-care within the God care is that verse and like even that a practice of saying that verse and meditating on it and writing it out and, and having it in places and not just have a one-time um, noticing of it, but really carrying that with me, um, I feel like has been a way God's caring for me and giving me what I need then um, in my day-to-day -day this month. That's really good. And how wonderful that for the beginning of a new year, when we get to turn that calendar over to a fresh start in so many ways, that you've got that precious verse to meditate on, to pray about, to have it kind of anchor you mm -hmm. during this month. It's like a personal gift for you from God. Mm-hmm. Can you tell everybody again what the verse is in case they want to join with that one too? Yes, it's 2 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on the Lord for he cares for you. And yeah. I, it's, Gina, it's so interesting though that we're talking, both of us really, because you had brought it up earlier, just like the God care for all the things that we can't even care for ourselves. That's where self-care starts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like he's like, let me carry the weight <laughs> for you. Like that's a huge part of self-care right there is knowing that God's carrying the weight. We all have areas in our lives that either feel like a rut, like you were describing, or maybe for me, I felt like a weight Mm -hmm. um, either way you look at it, God was speaking this, like, I want to come alongside and, and, you know, be with you, carry the weight or get you out of that and moving. Yeah. That he so much wants us to, he's got these plans for us again, back to Ephesians mm -hmm. 2 10, but he wants us to cooperate with what he's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, Matthew 11 tells us that he's going to, you know, um, give us rest, come to me, mm -hmm. all you are weary, and I will give you rest. But we have to receive that. <laughs> we mm -hmm. still have to cooperate with them. Well, and that whole verse, you know, take my yoke upon you mm -hmm. is the idea of, you know, back then where they would have a, a teacher or a rabbi 
their met their teaching was a yoke. It was my way of doing things. Like take that upon you as an apprentice would. Yeah. And learn of me, you know? And so, yes, it, it makes sense that that's where all of this starts is like, can I be a, an apprentice of you, Jesus? Yeah. And, and show me how you exactly what you said, your perspective on this or how you're thinking about it. And it also, I mean, it's just this wonderful cyclical um, routine we can get into of God initiating something like in my little case, notice that book. <laughs> Remember that you mm -hmm. like to read, pick it up. Mm -hmm. He'll initiate something. He'll invite us mm -hmm. into something. That's how he lovingly mm -hmm. leads us. And then we mm -hmm. cooperate. I picked the book up and then I learned about mm -hmm. thinking with him instead of just about him. And now he's giving me the things to think about. And it actually led me to this very point that you just made about, okay, Jesus, I want to be your apprentice. So mm -hmm. if, how would you do my job if you were me? Then I need to learn to do it like that because you're right and your way is right and good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and thinking, you know, this is primarily a, a parenting podcast. So, Jesus, if you were disciplining my children, how would you mm -hmm. do it? Then I mm -hmm. need to learn to do it like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus, how would you respond to the people at the grocery store? Mm -hmm. Then I need to learn to do it like that. Mm -hmm. And that all comes from thinking with him, which comes yep. from him helping us to by him prodding us and inviting us and us noticing something right sure right. sounds like a loving good god doesn't it well <laughs> yes gene and what it does like it's the natural as we become his apprentices how we parent will be to apprentice our children in the same ways of thinking and responding to life Mm -hmm. We will become, obviously, behaviors matter, attitudes matter, and we address those. And <laughs> we do it as apprentices of Jesus then and help our kids see themselves and, and to think with Jesus yeah. as well. And then it becomes how we parent. Because if we're thinking that way, that's going to be the way we begin to even talk with our kids about those issues or scenarios in their lives that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I'm, I'm wondering, because I'm not actively parenting young children in my household right now, and neither are you. But I'm wondering, because we have some people who are listening that are in that situation, I'm wondering how, where they would start in this process. What do you think um, a possible good starting place for them mm -hmm. in discipling their kids? Right. And so, well, okay, go ahead. Go, I was, yeah. You want me to go first or you? It doesn't matter. Go ahead. I'll go quick, then you go. Um, 
Well, I think a couple, two thoughts came when you asked that. First, sharing like what God's doing in our lives. And um, like, for instance, I would share, share that second Peter five, seven verse and say, oh, I want to share with you this verse that I feel like the Holy Spirit's really highlighted to me about how much God cares for me. And how do you think I'd use that as a springboard? How do you think he's caring for you? How does he care for our family, our world? I mean, that one could just be explored in conversations. And then you're stirring up yourself where God's at work and you're sharing it with your kids and it's alive and it's a living experience and not this maybe a stuffy devotional that you're pulling out. Nothing wrong with devotionals, but it's that living word. Right. Um, so I think share those things and talk about them, explore. The second thing I, now I've got to remember what my second one was. Um, <laughs> Mm, it escaped. I'm going to hand oh. it back to you. Okay. And you can share. And jump in if you remember it. I okay. was going to say, um, for all of us to remember, especially with children, that faith is caught more than it's taught. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be living it out first and making sure as much as possible that the things that we say that we believe about God or about life or about what's right and what's wrong is actually what our actions are also saying. You know, the Mm -hmm. James, the idea from the book of James that faith without works is dead, that we Mm -hmm. need to be consistent in what we say and, and what we do. I'll give a real quick, for instance, um, I, uh, some, people I know who are Jesus followers, they really do love Jesus. And they say that going to church is so important to them. And yet it really is the first thing that goes on a busy weekend. They'll make time for everything else except for that. And I'm not making a judgment about that as much as saying that your kids are seeing that. So you might believe that church is the most important thing, but that's not what your kids are seeing. So they're not going to believe that that's true. And then it might not become true for them. Mm. So faith is caught more than it's taught. And, you know, none of us are perfect. And as parents, we have to be ready to apologize at any time when we kind of mess up, because that's an important part of faith and growth and following Jesus also. So that's the first thing I would say is be sure that you're as much as, feasibly possible that you're living this way yourself in front of your kids. And the second thing is very similar to yours. And that is, I believe that spiritual conversations with kids are more important than formal devotions with, with Mm -hmm. families Mm -hmm. all the time. Just those spiritual conversations when you're out on a walk, isn't it amazing that God made so many different kinds of bugs or, you know, I, I was feeling very nervous the other day, but then I remembered God's with me and I don't have to, for those things to maybe be able to come freely from your lips to your kids. But the yeah. only ring true if the first thing is happening, that they see your faith in action. They can yeah. believe what you're saying because they've seen it. 
Yes. Well, and, and that's kind of where I was going that my second thing now I remembered as you shared was that like to encourage our kids dependence on Christ back to that verse you shared, you know, we are created in Christ to do good works and Christ is going to help us. So to expect a child to maybe have love um, beyond what a natural human love would be is like, it's great to have a conversation there and say, you know what, that's okay, because you have the Holy Spirit. And the first fruit of the Spirit is love. Like you have the supernatural power of Jesus to love this person. Should we ask Jesus to help you, you know, to make love happen through you? And then we begin to, I think one of my pet peeves is um, overdoing performance with kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of breaks that down that they learn to live in independence on Christ, even from a young age. Yeah, that's phenomenal. That's really yeah. good. You know, this topic is so fun and so big. Let's do this, Becky. Let's continue this conversation next week. This We can right. consider this one part one, and we will do part two next week. All right. Sounds good. See All you, right. everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.